You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing 15% less good from yesterday because I got on Twitter for the first time since uh, <laughs> Sunday. And uh, uh, it, 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 it not, didn't improve my life. It, uh, it, uh, it what, The opposite of improved my life. <laughs> Well, but, you, your week is going poorly because you're on Twitter. My week is going poorly because the Cowboys lost and the Steelers won. Now, remember last week we talked about how it rarely happens the other way where the Cowboys win and the Steelers lose. It seems like these are the types of weeks that we often get for Cowboy fans. Is these rough weeks where almost everybody else in the division wins and then the Steelers Almost win. no one else cares Whatever. about the Steelers, Marcus. <laughs> Just I don't care. Just I you. care about it. It makes <laughs> listen. It makes. I should tell all the people that follow me on Twitter this. I will be like fifty percent grouchier this week because the Steelers won. Just just throwing that out there. Anyways, coming up on today's show, Landon and I review uh, some of our notes from watching the Cowboys All Twenty Two, and today we're just going to look uh, at our offensive notes. And let's go ahead and start with Dak Prescott because he has been the story of the week uh, for Cowboys fans, for the national media. Uh, you're starting to see the stats out there. I think CBS Sports, right before we came on, tweeted out a stat of Brock Osweiler in his last 12 games against Dak Prescott in his last 12 games, and their stats are very similar, and should the Cowboys bench Dak, and blah, 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 blah. Let's breathe, and let's talk about what we saw on Jesus, Phil. people are Landon, doing what that? Did you see? <laughs> like, people are comparing him to Brock oh, Osweiler? Th- listen... This is what I said. You missed the greatest day on Twitter on Monday. No. Not only were we comparing Ooh. him to Brock Osweiler, we're comparing to Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Mike White, Cooper Rush. Let's talk about what we saw on film. What did you see from Prescott this week? Well, I mean, I didn't see Brock Osweiler, for God's sakes. Um, you know, look, I think he definitely didn't play well, but the list of people that didn't play well on this offense is long. And he's. Is there anybody that you say would play well that did play well? Maybe I, I definitely would not say that anybody played well. Um, but I would say that there that maybe, uh, you know, Tavon Austin didn't play poorly. I mean, I you know, I think. No, I'll give him that. Yeah, I, I think he played pretty well. Um, may I mean no? I, I, you could say Looney in relation to what we we're expecting again, but again, I, I think that almost yeah, the entire offense. Yep. Uh, was just bad in general, so I don't. I don't know that um, if that was something I would go with. I, I, you know, no, not sure. not particularly. Other than Tavon Austin and, and some snaps, uh, no, I don't know that anyone played well. It w- it wasn't a good game for the offense. Um, speaking of Prescott, um, you know, just some of the things that I saw. And I, listen, I was the first one to, to criticize him on Sunday. But when you watch some of the film from uh, the game in the L22, you were just seeing that the receivers weren't getting open down the field, and it was forcing him to hold the ball for a while. Now, there were some times where I thought he could have taken off and ran. There was a read option where on a third and one. That was early in the that game. That I thought the Cowboys designed. Yeah. 
Yeah, that I thought that they designed it really well. Alan Hearns kind of came down uh, and sealed off the edge. Jeff Swain was pulling around. I thought if Prescott would have held onto that ball, not only would have got the first down, I think he could have gotten 15, 20 yards. I think that was a mistake by him. Uh, I think his worst play of the game honestly came on the Blake Jarwin interception just because that ball was so poorly thrown. But, you know, you look around on some of the other throws, there's a reason that you can say it wasn't his fault on one play. I know one of the ones I showed on Twitter was a uh, a 15-yard comeback to Michael Gallup. And that play and that route is a staple <laughs> of the Cowboys' offense. That's a, that's a play that they have to hit. However... You go back and you watch that route, and I'm pretty sure it wasn't a 15 Michael yard Gallup. comeback. <laughs> it was about a 16 and a half yard comeback, and yeah, he didn't make right. it all the way back. And Gallup slipped at the stem of his route, causing it to look like an overthrow. Uh, it just little things like that added up all day. So, what else did you see from Prescott? Yeah, I mean, just generally, it felt like if he was getting good protection, he was throwing the ball pretty well. And I think, uh, you know, when. He was getting flustered and out of and moved out of the spot, which again, like I'm not giving him a pass for that at all because you need to be able to get you know get adjust, readjust your feet, reset your feet, and then throw the ball. He needs to be able to do that better. But I mean, he was having more issues when it was doing you know when it was, he was having to do that. Now there were some still some times when. You know, I, I I'm thinking about there was a completion to Hearns where even though he was being sacked pretty much, he was able to get the ball off across his body out to Hearns and make the good throw. There were one or two plays where I actually think he made he made the play. Like he was the person who made the play, even though the the blocking was terrible and he was being pulled down. You know, or being you know we had rushes in his face. So, um, but but definitely more times than not when he was pressured, he was not making the play and not able to readjust properly and make the throw. Um, you know, I, I, that's why I tend to think that, I mean, this is kind of where we are with Dak Prescott. I mean, he's obviously the part, the part in his game where he needs to develop the most is being able to readjust his feet in the pocket and make the throws down the field when he faces initial pressure. Um, sure. I, I think that, I, I think that the, knowing that i mean it goes it's a lot like with looney i mean what's the expectation going into the game you know that and 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 really what the expectation for the game was is that this offensive line would be able to hold up against this defensive line to allow him to make the throws that he needed to to make and again early on in the game they did and he made the throws that he needed to make now there was a drop, which, you know, unfortunately, one of which it ended up in an interception. There was another drop that was later on that uh, there was a, and there were other drops you know, with, with Zeke and with uh, Beasley. Beasley had one. And, Beasley, and, and, yeah. and, and then, you know, there was the play that you mentioned with the comeback route. And there was, you know, it just there was lots of these other plays where. The pass protection held up. Dak did what he needed to do, delivered the ball where it needed to go, and you needed the guy at the other end, and including guys like Zeke, to make the play, and they didn't make the play. on uh, That third and one drop that was a good delivery to Zeke while uh, while he was on the run, he can't hold on to it. Zeke stepping out of bounds The, the one of Bobby twice, Wagner, yep. Uh, you know, like, I mean, you know, so I think it's hard... 
it's hard because Dak has, hasn't been playing well this season, and so the natural inclination is to go blame them, blame the blame uh, the the play callers and all this that and other. But but I mean, I would say, what would you say would was the most successful? You watched the All Twenty Two as well. Off the top of your head, what would you say the most successful formation was that the Cowboys had? You know, just by personnel grouping. <laughs> Maybe 13 personnel. 12 personnel, probably. 12 or 13 personnel. <laughs> How many times do you think the Cowboys faithful would have called, dialed up a 12 or 13 personnel package if they were calling the plays versus Scott Linehan? <laughs> Maybe once, like in goal, this is or my, like a th- short yard this is This is what I'm getting at, is that for the for all the answers that everyone has, supposedly, on how the play calling worked or or who's to blame for this and that, all the evidence kind of points the opposite direction of what of of what they're suggesting at times. So I, I think that this. What my point is is that this is a complicated, broken system. It's not just that the quarterback isn't pre- performing well, though he is not performing well. It's not just that the running back didn't perform well, though he did not perform well. It's not just that the offensive line didn't perform well, though they did not perform well. It's a. A lot of times it was all of those things. Some of the times it was a combination of those things on each play. But it it wasn't just like the Atlanta game where Chaz Green was the whipping boy, you know, on eight consecutive plays or whatever, and he was single handedly wrecking this. It was a rotating responsibility, you know, rotating group of people dropping the ball, literally and figuratively. Uh, and and you know, Dak was a part of that. Scott Linehan, I, I would say, was a part of that. Um, but I, I definitely would not be putting this on any one particular person. And frankly, after having gone back and, and watched this game, I, I thought Dak played much better than I anticipated watching the game from the you know the broadcast. Uh, I think that the the lion's share of this blame goes on a, a very poor offensive line performance and I would say even especially uh, from the people that we expected the most from meaning Zach Martin and Tyron Smith and I think a lot of the blame needs to go to Ezekiel Elliott and we're going to talk about him in a second let's pause so I can tell you guys about my bookie remember who you're betting with is just as important as who you're betting on Uh, that's why I always tell people to bet with by bookie trust me guys they are your best bet this season they have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past. That's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. I think I might be taking the Cowboys this week or I have to wait and see, but on our Thursday show, we'll, we'll talk about this, but I'm, I'm leaning towards picking the Cowboys over the lions this week. So tune in for that. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott because I thought when you looked at the film, this was maybe his worst game of his NFL career. But if you look at the box score, it would appear that he had a great day against Seattle and that the Cowboys should have continued to feed him if they wanted to win this game. Uh, I, I wrote down 
you know, just some plays off the top of my head that Elliott had that if he makes one or two of these plays, uh, maybe the Cowboys win the play. Obviously, everybody knows about the touchdown reception that he stepped out of bounds. We get that one. Uh, he had a um, a missed pl- block in pass protection that caused Dak to take a sack. Um, he had the fumble, obviously. There was another play where he stepped out of bounds. It, it just was not a good game from Zeke. What did you see from him on the All-22? All those are good examples. I would say I would throw in there the um, him doing a pretty bad attempt at trying to cut Michael Kendricks and Kendricks flying into Dak's uh, throwing motion yep. and and Dak kind of shorting a throw outside to uh, to Hearns that I think would have been incompletion if he had been able to get all of his arm into it. Um, I didn't even mention the Bobby Wagner drop. If yeah. he catches that pass, he has a step or two on Wagner. Oh, he gets the first down. That's probably a first yeah, down. Yeah, I got to think so. Unless unless Wagner, you know, horse collars him, and then either way, like, you're probably getting that first down. But, yeah. I mean, you know, again, like, you see he had 16 carries for a whole bunch of yards, and that's because of, you know, they they hit on a bunch of a couple of big plays where they were able to get some big runs, um, but I, I think you know in general, uh, he, Dak, Zeke was kind of a fifty fifty player at times. I mean, he just was making mistakes. He was pressing, I think, at times because of those mistakes and because of of the the hole they were in at times. Um, the fumble, right? Like, did we even talk about the fumble that he had? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 that one was a killer because at the very least you kick a field goal there, mm. and you know you you have some momentum. But man, that, yeah, that one was wrong. Yeah, I mean, so it's really it's kind of just a, uh, you know, it was just a uh, cast not cascading, but a uh, uh, snowballing situation for him. I mean, like you mentioned, the the yardage was good. I mean, that's where we want it to be. Obviously, 130. I think it was what rushing plus 130 plus rushing yards. Um, but that's. I mean, we need him to make the. He he made such bad plays at big moments. Like that's the thing about it is it's okay to make mistakes, but I mean to make such you know which is rare for yeah. Him. It's not even like he didn't. Like it didn't. Like he got the play, and then it just didn't work out. Like he didn't make it, or you know, like you came up short, or whatever. Like just like dropping the ball, or like you know, like and, and getting out of you know the the illegal contact was two times. It's just ridiculous. So you know, I, I just feel like it's it's one of those things where uh, he has to do have better concentration on those important you know game changing plays. All right, let's talk about the offensive line because when we were talking pre-show uh, about some of the things we noticed, uh, the offensive line was something that we both brought up. So I'm just going to toss this one to you. What did you see from the offensive line in this game? What happened? Uh, maybe can you explain why Seattle was able to take advantage here? I just, I mean, it, it felt like a, a, a combination of a couple different things. It felt like a... I mean, just first of all, just really a really poor performance by, you know, all five to, to a certain degree. I mean, I think that Connor Williams, I didn't see any do anything like totally devastating. 
Um, but you know, uh, there's just breakdowns and pass protection that just don't usually happen. They they looked like they had never seen a, a TE stunt before. Like you know, they, there's a couple no, different a couple different times they had issues passing guys off. And I'm talking about Zach Martin. I mean, this this might have been Zach Martin's worst game. Like I, I don't know, man. Like he just hasn't looked right this season yet. Like I mean, he has at times, and like you know, but on pass protection, like. Deion Jordan, like I mentioned, like we mentioned, walked him back into the quarterback. Like, I don't know what's that, that doesn't happen, man. Like, I don't know what's going on here. So, um, yeah, and Tyron Smith just looked like he was, uh, you know, just a turnstile at times with, uh, Frank Clark. Um, so I, I think that that a lot, especially at the key moments on third downs, he, you know, they were not doing, what we hoped for, we were, they were not able to kind of keep up the level of pass protection that we hoped for. I mean, like this is really where I'm starting to be concerned is that, I mean, it's as much as everyone again wants to kind of go to Dak on this. I mean, he got sacked five times this game, you know, like that's against the Seattle defensive line. Like, I mean, Frank Clark is good, but guys, like, come on. Like, this is the supposed to be the strength of the team. This is the supposed to be the thing that is the engine for the team, for all aspects of the offense, you know? And, right. like, this right. is not the performance that, that you know, they they need in order to win. They need their offensive line to play at a much higher level than this if they want to win. I mean, that's the basis of their winning, you know? So they've got to have their elite players step up even further um, because, I mean, that's ultimately, you know, look, I mean, what we talked about with, with, with Dak, Dak is what Dak is at this point, right? If, you know, if you want to have a conversation, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, at the end of the season about, whether that's good enough to win or whether you want him as your quarterback long term, that's a decision for the end of the season. But I think we all have an idea of what Dak is and how he can win games. And it's incumbent upon the elite players on this team to, you know, play the way that they're supposed to play in order for us to win. And so when they don't, when Zeke and Zach, Zach Martin and Tyron Smith all have very poor days, it's, it's a very, you know, steep hill for for someone like Dak to try to overcome that, and then when he plays poorly, there really isn't very much that this offense is going to do. And I want to caution everybody about panicking about Zach Martin for a minute because, listen, there was a point in time during this preseason where we were concerned that he might not play another down in the NFL or not a down the season because of a knee injury. I've got to believe that that knee injury or that knee is not a hundred percent right. That's probably a pretty fair assumption. I we know he's a tough guy. We know that he's going to be out there and playing because that's just what he does. He doesn't miss time. It, but he had a pretty. I mean, it's hyper extension. He took a pretty though. good shot to the. It was a hyper. Ended up being a hyper extension though. Like I don't. I, maybe well, I mean maybe you're right. Maybe they're maybe they're fibbing a little bit a, on what he the took injury a, is. He took a helmet to he took a helmet to the knee. I mean that's. I would be surprised if it was only hyperextension. I'm sure there was a, a pretty deep bru- bone bruise there. I, I would be shocked if it's just a hyperextension. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to like advocate for people to worry about Zach Martin. I, I'm just saying that I don't know. Sure. I don't know if the injury is it or not. But either way, like he has to play better. Like that's he, absolutely. absolutely. There, there's no question about that. Um, and the last thing I want to touch on is just the receivers, um, because, like I mentioned before. 
I wanted to blame this a, a lot of this loss on Prescott, but when you go back and you watch these receivers and the tight ends, they just weren't creating much separation. Now, there were times where Beasley got open, and actually, I hate to say it, but Deontay Thompson I thought was the Cowboys' best outside receiver in terms of creating separation and getting open. But for the most part, there's just not a lot of guys scaring teams. Um, one of the things that I noticed was Seattle was so reluctant to honor the Cowboys' deep passing game that on every single, or nearly every single first down, you had all 11 defenders within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. There was one play that I posted on Twitter where you had nine defenders within four yards of the line of scrimmage on a first down. I think that's just due to teams not respecting the Cowboys' deep passing attack. So I think they don't respect them getting down. I think it's Earl Thomas to me personally, but yeah, I I, I mean that's probably I mean, a combination of both. And, and that's it, it, it's that's fine. You're starting to see it though. I mean, the Giants kind of did the same thing last week. Now they backed up a little bit after the Tavon off. Austin yeah, I was gonna them. say, but I right. Uh, you're just not seeing teams honor or respect their deep passing game. And I think a a lot of people want to blame it on Dak. I blame it more on the receivers. They just don't have anybody that scares defenses. What did you see from the Cowboys receivers on Sunday? I mean, I think, again, I mean, I've talked about Gallup. I think Gallup has just been a huge disappointment so far from what we expected. I mean, uh, just from what we saw in training camp, not even just expectation, just playing the way he played in training camp, you know? And so... Um, you know, I think Hearns similarly has just not really kind of gotten going or done anything. Um, I, you know, I like Deontay Thompson. I think that they should be giving, trying to give him the ball a little bit more and they should be trying, trying down the field more. I think, you know, because he, he can do that. Um, the kind of, that kind of answers that, you know, what you were talking about. Uh, I think they need Gallup. They need Deontay Thompson, some of those guys trying to get down the field. Uh, and they need to complete those passes, you know, like they, and again, like when you, these last four targets that I've seen of Gallup so far have not, you know, incited any confidence. You know, I think Dak delivered a perfect strike on first down and 10 to Gallup right in his hands on the sticks and even put it back shoulder so he wouldn't wasn't leading him into to Earl Thomas. I mean, put it right where mm-hmm. you want a wide receiver wants it when he's coming on a slant and he's got Earl Thomas in the middle, right? And he can't hold on to the ball. Not only can he not hold on to the ball, he coughed it up right at Earl Thomas. So that yes, absolutely, these wide receivers have got to play better. Um, it's I mean the, the the crazy thing is is that they they just need to play to a level that I feel like we saw. We've seen at different points, you know. I mean, really, it's the guy, the guys that I feel like kind of dragging this down a little bit are Gallup, Hearns, and the fact that you know Terrence Williams isn't even getting snaps at this point. So, um, you know, obviously they're anticipating something going on, but uh, you know, without that, without those three guys, kind of providing minimum production, it, it's just putting too much pressure on the guys that are supposed to be the speed change up guys to be the, you know, reliable, uh, uh, pass catchers on, on the outside, which, you know, isn't, isn't the best. I mean, Cole Beasley cannot from the slot cannot run this passing game by himself, you know, like they, there needs to be, uh, either a combination of guys outside or, you know, 
at least one guy uh, that's efficiently, consistently getting open and catching the ball, which I don't think is, you know, too much to ask. I I struggle with the receivers because I think Beasley's still good. You can see Beasley is the number one weapon. But I'm not sure that you can play Beasley and Alan Hearns on the field at the same time because they both like to play in the slot. And Alan Hearns, I saw it in week one, no team is afraid of Alan Hearns beating them deep. They're just sitting on every single underneath route with Alan Hearns. So I'm just not sure that you can play him in this offense because it's just jamming everything in the middle or you know close to the line of scrimmage. I think, I think over the next few weeks, I think they're going to learn that Deontay Thompson, Michael Gallup, and Cole Beasley are their top three receivers. And it won't even shock me if Bryce Butler quickly rises up the depth chart and becomes that other receiver opposite of Deontay Thompson because he at least gives them some speed on the outside. Maybe he's inconsistent. You know, Maybe he doesn't do everything you want him to do in terms of technique, but he does have the ability to get down the field and scare defenses. It won't shock me at all if that's what direction the Cowboys decide to go uh, with the receiver. So uh, any final thoughts on you know Butler, Deontay Thompson, Alan Hearns before we sign off? Somebody's got to step up on the outside. I mean, again, I'm not asking for wide receiver numbers. I'm asking for you to just be able to convert targets when you're given opportunities on the outside. Competent. Uh-huh. Please, somebody be competent. That's all that you need. I, I, I have faith in Beasley. You just need one other guy that Dak can rely on. Mm-hmm. We'll see if the Cowboys can get it this week against the Lions. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, tomorrow we will be back, and we will do an all-22 review of the defense. Some good, some bad. Uh, and we're going to have a nice little fun conversation about Leighton Van Der Esch because that uh, tape was fun to watch. But... Make sure you guys download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Lynn and at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you next time. Yeah.